FYI, this podcast contains spoilers. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 474 of the podcast and go snicked. Snicked, I'm your host Jason and we're here from Studio Q. Stands for quarantine. <laughs> because I am under quarantine. Um, you know, if I can take just a minute to get on my soapbox. Um, I do have uh, COVID and it test positive over the holidays. Um, you know, and... I'm vaccinated, and I have had a pretty mild case so far. My voice is a little off, which you may hear, um, and I get kind of tired, so, and my voice will also kind of maybe disappear a little bit, so we'll probably try to keep this episode pretty short, but I didn't want, I hate getting behind on episodes, and I hate, I hate going this long between episodes, and so since I'm feeling a little better, I wanted to go ahead and try to get something out, but, um, you know, I really haven't had it too bad. Been been lethargic, been sleepy. Like I said, my voice is a little raspy, and I've had a man. This headache is no joke. It's really not. But compared to a lot of other people, I've had a pretty easy, pretty mild case, and I, I really do attribute that to having the vaccines, uh, being caught up, um, you know, taking care of myself with the mask and all that, and um. So I'm just really encouraging you guys out there if you're listening to this, you know, take care of that. Don't don't let it get too far away from you. Don't don't miss your timelines. Um, you know, do what you need to do because if you get this, you want to get the mild version. It's still not it's not a picnic, but it's not too bad. Like I'm I'm doing all right, and so just really encourage you guys. You know, I know that not everyone. The, ma- the vaccine has not been a magic bullet for everyone. I'm not pretending that it is. I just thought it was a lot worse. So I uh, hope that maybe that encourages some of you who've been on the fence to go ahead and, and jump in and, and just, you know, take care of you. That's, that's all I'm saying, because I love you guys. Um, anyway, uh, we're going to kind of, even though it's going to be a shorter episode probably, just for my energy and my voice, we are going to combine kind of two different episodes. I had intended... You know, much like I did uh, Uncle Logan's Boozy Xmas special, I had intended to do maybe not quite the same thing. That's the shtick. I probably don't want to pull out too much. <laughs> but, um, but I was going to do something similar for New Year's Eve and was just not able to. Um, and then I also have some comics I want to talk about. And then also it's time. You know, here we are in January of a new year. Happy New Year, by the way. But it's time to look back at 2021 and uh, roll out our 2021 Wolvie Award nomination. So that's probably where we're going to start. Then we'll move to some of the New Year's Eve stuff. And I still want to talk about a couple of things. And then uh, we'll just move into regular comics after that. So a lot to cover, like like a lot of bullet points on the list, but they're going to be short bullet points. <laughs> So without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into the uh, the nominations for um, our 2021 Wolvie Awards. So let me find my list here. So as always, we will start off talking about the 2021 Best Wolverine cover. So the first thing we want to mention here 
is X-Force number 16 by Joshua Kassara and Dean White. And this was the issue where they first fought the kind of the Leviathan, if you want to call it, whatever, the, the big undersea monster. And this cover is just a rad kind of retro sci-fi monster. Like it had the big like octopus squid tentacles coming up. It was in dark water, really great colors by Dean White. Really sharp pencils by Kassara um, with our X-Force cast, of course, including Wolverine, swimming around the tentacles. It's just a really, like, retro horror... It was a really rad cover. I liked it a lot. And, well, I'll save. I'll save that. May do some kind of special awards when we do the awards, um, besides what we normally do. But that issue just, I don't know... It was really cool, and the cover just really sang a lot. Um, so the other one, or one of the others, one to nominate, is X-Men number 18 by Leno Francis Yu and Sonny Go. And this is, uh, you know, Wolverine, Laura, and Sink, and Darwin. I think the covers are running out of the vault. I mean, the story is of their time in the vault, so it was one of the really good issues of the previous X-Men series, um, and it's a great cover. It's just really sharp, really really cool, really good character placement. Um, not a whole lot to say about it, just, it's just really good. <laughs> just very well drawn. Um, you know, yeah. Uh, so another one I want to talk about is New Mutants number 20 uh, by Martin Simmons, and this was that he did, you know, he's done several great covers to end the year for New Mutants. Um, this was the one that was mostly white and had the Shadow King kind of trying to, like in the background is a giant figure trying to ga- grab Gabby. Um, and his shirt and the collar of his shirt almost made like an arrow. And then this white suit blended into the background. And Gabby looks great. It's just a, a great composition. Uh, Georgie and Dan from Scalvros both loved it as well. And it's just, I think we all kind of agreed on that episode when it came up. They're like, this is one of the best covers of, of 2021. So definitely just a nod here for best Wolverine cover. And Gabby counts. So sorry if you don't like that, but um, that's how it is. All right, so then next up, we have two issues of Wolverine that get nominated. We have number 14 and number 16. So, number 14 was a really cool one. It's like in this... Oh, sorry. Both by Adam Kubert and Frank Martin. Um, number 14 is a really cool one. It's the one with Solomon in the background. Kind of lightning coming from the sky. And then like a giant Wolverine head from the top teeth up and he's kind of biting the horizon it's just a very kind of artistic it's a really cool cover it's really rad um like it quite a bit it's a really neat composition the way the characters and stuff kind of fade into different backgrounds very sci-fi looking um it's really cool really like this one a lot and you know they play with kind of solid design in the wolverine logo as well which is pretty cool uh 16 also involves Solemn. It's the one with Wolverine and Solemn kind of fading in from the corners, like from Shadow, and the Wolverine logo giant in the background in three rows. Um, 
you know, Solemn diving down with his sword, Wolverine jumping up with his claws, and they meet in the middle. It's just a really, really cool cover, great composition. Uh, also by Kubert and Martin. Um, man, these are both really, really strong. And the last one is going to be Shang-Chi number three. This one is kind of, when this one came up, and I talked about it on the podcast, kind of talked about how it's kind of a reverse homage. You know, we've seen the homage, the, the kind of famous Incredible Hulk cover um, by Tom McFarlane with the Grey Hulk. It was Wolverine's close-up on his face. He's got his claws out, or reflected in his claws as the Hulk's face. And it's been homage slash copied a number of times, including by McFarlane himself later when he did a bunch of Spawn covers where he kind of uh, homaged himself. <laughs> like famous covers he had done through his career at Marvel and DC and he did, just did them with Spawn. Um, that one in particular was Violator with the uh, three knives and Spawn reflecting in the blades. But anyway, this is kind of the opposite of that. So we have a, a close-up of Shang-Chi's face and he's got a metallic wristband. He's kind of using his, his arm to block his face. And in the wristband, we see the reflection of Wolverine charging at him. And we also see six claws heading towards, from the viewer's perspective, towards Shang-Chi. It's really cool. Um, It's just a really nice cover. So I'll definitely tweet these out, and I'll try to put them on Facebook for Pat. Pat, Poor Pat. Pat jumped on Twitter. I don't think he had much fun. I don't know if there just wasn't enough going on for him. He got bored or whatever, but I didn't enjoy my 70s comics. Yeah, I'll, I'll try to put it on Facebook as well, so Pat and, and Clint and others on Facebook can see the nominations for the covers, but um, they'll definitely be tweeted as well. And yeah, a pretty strong group of covers, uh, some really good work there. Alright, so next up will be the nominations for Best Wolverine Writer of 2021. Um, you know, I said Gabby Counts? Well, yeah. So one of the strongest X-Books of 2021 has been New Mutants by Vita Ayala. And um, their work with Gabby in particular has also been super strong. Uh, Gabby has been a focal point of several of the subplots and really have appreciated the way that Vita writes Gabby and, and their use of Jonathan the Wolverine is also really fun. But... Kind of on top of all that, New Mutants has just been a standout book. It's been so, so good. So, so Vita Ayala, and I hope, I hope I'm saying that right, um, will be one of our nominees for Best Wolverine Writer, because Gabby does count. Uh, also, of course, Benjamin Percy for Wolverine and X-Force, um, but mostly the Wolverine solo series has been so strong this year, and it's been a lot of fun. Um, and then... Jonathan Hickman on his work for X-Men in the previous volume. Um, not a whole lot of issues came out in 2021, but there were, you know, the last handful. And, of course, had our, our big story with uh, Laura Wolverine in the vault, um, which were two fantastic issues, so well written. So, you know, Hickman definitely gets a nod for that. So that'll be our three uh, nominees for Best Writer. Um, and kind of some honorable mentions. Uh, Rainbow Rowell with Wolverine's appearance in Runaways and Ryan North with Wolverine's appearance in Power Packer. Both really, really fun. I, I tend to not throw guest spots. 
you know, because when we look at like who's the best writer of Wolverine for 2021, you kind of want to take at least a big chunk or a decent chunk of the year. So it's hard to say, well, yeah, you wrote a couple issues with the guest spot, but they're really fun and really good. Um, so definitely, if you don't remember or you haven't listened to me cover those yet uh, on, on past episodes, I would would highly recommend both of those books. The Power Pack was a miniseries. Um, Runaways, I believe, is either wrapped up or wrapping up, but it had a solid, like, almost 40 issues, if I remember. Um, and yeah, I definitely highly recommend, you know, any of those. So, uh, next up will be uh, Best Wolverine Penciler for 2021. Of course, the incomparable Adam Kubert uh, for his work on Wolverine. Um, just he keeps coming back. He's on the Mount Rushmore, but he's still rocking and rolling and, and hitting home runs after home runs. Um, so yeah, definitely, definitely that for sure. Um, and then Rod Reyes for New Mutants. Like I said, one of the best books on the shelf. And Gabby counts for this. So um, definitely, definitely that for sure has been, I mean, that book is just, it's a work of art something to behold it's really really good um joshua kasara for x-force um yeah it's fun my my journey with kasara has been really interesting because i kind of thought he was okay at first he did kind of the body horror thing pretty good but wasn't real sure and you know come to find out that i think that was mostly attributed to, to not so great coloring and when he got better coloring and really showcased what he was doing on his pencils, I really came to like him a lot. And now, I, I mean, he's one of my favorite X-Artists right now. So, Kassara uh, definitely gets a nod for his work on X-Force and you know, a couple other things that he's done. I think he did some stuff during Tinnosaurus and stuff like that. And I believe he has stuff coming up with the, the Ten Lives and Deaths of Wolverine. So we'll definitely be involved there. Um, you know, like, like with Hickman's kind of run, uh, especially centering around the vault story, uh, Leno Francis, you, it's going to get a nod for just hitting a home run on those couple issues and then, you know, doing good work on, on the book in general. But those two Wolverine-centric issues really just sang. Um, they were so good. They were so good. Um, so next up, we best colorist in... I lost where I wrote that down, but it's going to be um, Frank Martin from Wolverine. And I don't remember, now I'm trying to remember if Dean White did the colors on X-Force. Where, where did I write this down? Deck, gummit. Of course, now my Marvel Unlimited app's not going to work because I'm trying to do too much at the same time. So whatever. Um... Let's just close that down and relaunch it. Sometimes you got to do that. Just got to reboot it a little bit. Um, right. I had X-Force up. I believe he did. Let's see here real fast. No, so actually that was Guru Effects that did. So he did the covers for X-Force with Kasara. But Guru Effects did the colors in that book. And um, you know what? I'm going to say I don't really know if that's a person <laughs> or a company. We're going to go with Guru Effects as a nomination for Best Wolverine Colorist. And so, yeah. 
Um, so yeah, so Frank White. Oh, you know what? And Ron Reyes as well, doing his own colors. You cannot deny that. That is something that's really special, also. Um, so yeah, some really really cool colors, and um, we'll, we'll get to another issue of really cool colors. Oh, I also want to say Sunny Go. Sunny Go did some really really rad stuff. Again on the vault story in X-Men. But, um, yeah, there you go. Alright, so our last two categories will be Best Snicked and Best Snacked. So, which, by the way, if you didn't see it, Michael Kaiser, friend of the show, um, I guess uh, Adam Kubert had put up some, some art he was working on for the upcoming Wolverine storyline. And, um, so he was working on his Snacked. And, uh, I don't know if Michael saw it. I'm sure he follows Adam Kubert and pays attention because he does a lot of comic creators as well. Or, but I also retweeted it. And um, anyway, uh, he uh, Michael said he was going to start the podcast that goes snacked and basically just rebut everything I say. <laughs> Shit, that was really funny. I need to get Michael back on. I love you, man. Um, really miss mom. Really miss mom. Make ours marvel. Um, and yeah. I love interacting with them. We we found a common another bonding over uh, guitars. He didn't know that. You know, it's weird. I guess I feel like I've talked about it sometimes. And I guess I don't talk about it enough because um, I was talking to John Wilson, which by the way he has a new podcast coming out, a Superman in Crisis, which is um, you definitely want to listen to that. And just started like as of my recording. Uh, yesterday or day before, and it's in my queue. I'm, I got ready to listen. I'm actually catching up on, on Grant's show, uh, Truth, Justice, and Hope, which is another great Superman show, man. I'm like in Superman podcast heaven right now. Um, so listen to both of those. But anyway, I was talking to John about something, and it kind of came up that I, we were talking about the, the space we're cutting aside for a new music room in the house. He's like, who plays music? I was like, well. Ethan does. My 15-year-old like is a like junior savant, but also like <laughs> um, I it just it didn't occur to me that I never really talked to him about like all the music stuff I've done and done too as much now. You know, working a lot and being a dad uh, takes away some of that. But I hope to as as the littles get older, I hope to get back into that. But anyway, it just kind of a weird thing. I don't, that was a weird rabbit to chase. Anyway, back to a uh, best snicked. So, our first nomination is going to be from X-Force 16. This is a Nice Claw Snicked by Benjamin Bercy and Joshua Kassara. And this is the all, that's the same issue, right? They've got the cover nod uh, where they fight the, the deep sea creature. And uh, there's a part where Wolverine's fighting a giant crab reminiscent of giant size. Um, and he jumps on the back and he has a nice big snick behind him and he's like, nice claws. It's just, it's just really cool. Um, then in Wolverine number nine, there's the one by, uh, by Benjamin Percy and Adam Kubert where he blows his cover, you know, the, the worst disguise of all time, Patch. And no one knows he's Wolverine and there's a part where he gets in trouble and he has to pop his claws and it's a nice double snick. It looks really good. Uh, Kubert's patch is pretty amazing. Um, anyways, it's really nice. And then in a uh, power pack number four by Ryan North and Nico Leone, 
we have the I'm in. The, remember the power pack had turned to Wolverine because he had been a mentor to them. Or more, almost more a, a crazy uncle figure to them <laughs> back in the Claremont days. Um, but anyway, there's a part where they're like, are you going to help me? He's like, I'm in. Snicked. And inside the snicked, you see all their faces kind of gasping in each letter. It's, it's really fun. It looks really good. Um, then just the emotional snick, the what are you looking at, the what are you looking at snick from X-Men number 18 by Jonathan Hickman and Mahmoud Azrar. Um, you know what, I, hmm, yeah, you'll notice a big mistake I made. Lineal you did the cover to 18, Azrar did the inside art, so he would get the nomination for best artist. Wow, that's a big blunder on my part. I apologize, guys. I'm going to blame COVID brain. I'm a little foggy. <laughs> but anyway, uh, the What Are You Looking At Snick by uh, Hickman and Azrar, um, which they also follow up on, on on 19. But 18 is the one where she's in costume and it just looks really fantastic. She's looking over her shoulder. She notices um, Saint kind of admiring her. And she's like, what are you looking at? And she pops her claws and gets ready to go into action. It's really nice. And the way that plays into that story, the way they bookend it, is really, really just something special. Um, so we get our next three snicks, and it will be again by Percy and Kubert and Wolverine 14, 15, and 16. And 14, we have a, it's a small snick, but it's a silhouette snick. It's one where, where the view is from behind Wolverine. And he's kind of in shadow, and he pops his claws. Instead of the snake normally being like, you know, kind of around the hand or at the end of the claws or behind Wolverine or whatever, his hand is all in black, and we just have a red snake across the back of his hand. And it's just, it's very kind of subtle and subdued, but it's really, really cool and a really cool effect, and not something you see very often. So that really kind of struck out to me. Um, we have one where he's in 15, Wolverine 15, where he's at the table in the Green Lagoon, and he pops his claws, and the three claws make the eye of the snick, and the snick goes around it. It's pretty cool, pretty nice effect. And then in 16, where he meets Solomon at the bar, and he crushes his glass out of anger, and kind of has an involuntary snick. Um, that was more of just kind of how it fits into the story, versus this, whether it's all that cool looking or not. I mean, it looks fine. But it's really where it plays into the story. So, so yeah, so those are our, our nominations for Best Snicked. Um, best Snacked are from those same three issues, Wolverine 14, 15, to 16, by Benjamin Percy and Adam Kubert. In 14, we have Nice Logan, where he's interrogating a guy, and he's like, I can do this, and he, he, ha he does the thing where he puts the, like, the, the tip of his claw in, in a guy's nostril, and... He goes, or I can be Mr. Nice Guy. And he goes, snack. And he's like, ah. And he kind of does jazz hands almost. It's kind of a funny scene where he, he's like, I, I'll be good cop, bad cop. And the snack is a good cop. This is a nice nice scene. Um, then in, in 15, uh, Severe Blackmore has the Miramisa blade. And he threatens to break it. And Wolverine's like, stop with a double snack. Uh, which you don't see a double snack very often. Uh, so that's pretty cool. And then um, in number 16, we have the snack where... Oh, let me jump over there real fast. 
he's at the bar again with Solomon, and this is after the one where he had broken the glass, and uh, he finally kind of calms down, and we get a nice snack um, from there. So, there you go. Those are our Wolverine 2021 Wolvie Award nominations. So hopefully you are excited about that in probably a few weeks. Um, we'll wait until we get a couple more issues to talk about, so I have something else to, to say besides just me doing a fake drum roll on the desk for, you know, 10 minutes and then calling it a day. Um, but yeah, that is our 2021 Wolvie Award nominations. Um, so let's go ahead and jump into then some comics. I was going to talk about a few things for New Year's Eve. Uh, that are in Marvel Unlimited. Uh, these are both Infinity Comics. One, and I think it's still on my queue, but maybe not. <laughs> it is not. Uh, the Mighty Marvel Holiday Special Iceman's New Year's Resolutions number one. <laughs> That's a mouthful. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so this is by uh, Luciano Vecchio. Uh, who's been doing Champions and just doing a lot of really just great X-Men art and stuff on Twitter. And then it's lettered by V.C. Josephino and, of course, production by Annie Ching, Tim Smith III. Um, Wolverine's not in this, per se. There's a part... So, basically, Iceman goes to the Times Square New Year's Eve ball drop. And he's just kind of hanging out without the X-Men on his own. And the ball is dropping, and it gets stuck on six. And it goes six, six, six. And everyone's like, oh, that's a bad omen. And then um, this frost demon comes out. Um, and Iceman ices up, and he goes up to the, the ball. And it's the Ichthalon, an ice demon of Doctor Strange Prolore. Um, and he fights... Iceman. So he's like this ice god and Iceman's like, Well, I'm I'm you know, mega level ice mutant, so should be a pretty fair fight. Um and I tell you what, is it is a good fight. It looks amazing. Vecchio's art and colors and just everything. Like he, he like he writes and he does everything, right? Um and the story's pretty good. I mean, Iceman kind of, as he's fighting, he's kind of talking through himself about, you know, who he is and what he wants to be and kind of what he's going to try to do the next year. Um, you know, not to say it's run in the mill, but kind of typical Iceman, kind of his back and forth on, am I going to do stuff? Am I not going to do stuff? <laughs> I'm just going to hide in the corner. Um, but man, my goodness, the art on this is so good. It is just stunning, gorgeous, amazing art. Um, you know, kind of his life flashes before his eyes a little bit. That's where we see Wolverine. It kind of reminisces about the X Men, um, and he, he's able to restart the countdown by defeating Ichthalon. And there's a weird part where he he makes an ice shell, and that's when he kisses at at midnight. <laughs> That's kinda of, kinda of odd, but then he you know, he, he ices off on an ice sled into the night and I cannot recommend enough. 
if nothing else, do yourself a favor and just scroll through this thing. Because it is just stunning. I mean, six out of six claws all the way. The, the writing's enough, and the art is just pristine. As pristine as Iceman's icy buttocks. Um, it's just, man, ah, so good. So, so good. The art and the colors, just wow. I don't know what else to say. Wow. Um, so yeah, definitely go check that out. The other thing on Marvel Unlimited, and Infinity, Infinite Comics, the Infinity Comics, um, is this thing called Infinite Possibilities. And I didn't know what it was, because the, the cover panel for it is just like a, a top secret label. Um, and this particular, like, like stretch, uh -oh, um, is drawn by Jeffo and colors by D. Kanif, uh, letters by V.C.'s Joe Sabino, and then production again by Annie Ching and Tim Smith III. And it's really just, you know, the, the whole Infinity thing is like, um, you scroll down, so it's all vertical, all vertical comics that kind of don't stop. There's no like breaks. And this is just a big preview. It says the future of Marvel Unlimited is, and just showing you all the stuff that's coming to the app. Um, there's a Doctor Strange and Ironheart and Vision and Captain America, Winter Soldier, Black Widow, Nick Fury, Mystique, Rocket Raccoon, America Chavez. Captain Marvel, some an like cyborg animal X-Men. <laughs> I don't know what that is, but it's like an eagle instead of angel. Uh, looks like Jean Grey's headdress on a lion, maybe, or someone else. Cyclops is a kangaroo. Uh, Rogue is a bear. Someone is a dolphin. Um, I don't know. It looks interesting, I guess. Of course, Hawkeye, Iceman, we'll get another story, looks like. Uh, Falcon, Wolverine, Azalora, and she has a nice... There's no panels, like I said, but if you, if you put her full on screen, she shares the screen with Jeff the Landshark, which is awesome. Um, then Black Panther and Okoye, uh, Shuri, so it's like a lot of Black Panther story. Uh, Miles and Miss Marvel... Uh, Miles and Kamala, I don't know if that'll be like a team up with them, or two separate things that are a champion's thing, not sure. Uh, Spider-Gwen, Moon Knight, She-Hulk, and Howard the Duck, and the Watcher, Silver Surfer, and Scarlet Witch. And So yeah, it looks like a lot more coming to the Infinity Comics, and it looks pretty cool. And this, this ad, for what it is, is really well drawn. Like, it's really nice. Uh, really, The colors really pop. And so a lot, of, a lot of stuff to be excited about there. I won't grade this one. It's kind of silly. But it looks nice. And it'll be fun to see whether Wolverine as Laura gets her own story. Or like a, it's just a broader X-Men story. I'm not sure. But um, yeah. Looks great. So with that said. We're going to uh, move into some comics. Uh, the first thing we're going to talk about. Is Wolverine number 19. Which will be. The last comic until after uh, the Ten Lives and Deaths. Um, so this is Gone Fishing, or The Old Mutant and the Sea, <laughs> written by Benjamin Percy, 
art by Javi Fernandez, colors by Matthew Wilson. And if I, if I was going to give a nomination on one issue alone, Matthew Wilson would get a best colorist for this. It's freaking awesome. We'll get there in a second. Um, Landers by VCs Corey Pettit, woohoo. Designed by Tom Mueller, and then the cover is by Adam Kubert and Frank Martin. And it's a really interesting kind of almost collaging cover. You have Wolverine swimming towards a beach at the very, very top in the night sky. And then the water line is like right under the issue number. And then all the rest is underwater. And it's almost like a Where the Wild Things style a giant whale. And out of the whale, the whale has sharp teeth, and out of his mouth are coming tentacles and tongues that have sharp teeth on each tentacle. And then his eye is almost like a fish by itself. Um, you can almost see it move, like almost like a Michelle Gondry animation type thing, um, like from The Science of Sweep or something, or a Wes Anderson. Like it just kind of has that vibe. Uh, it looks really cool. It's a nice cover. It's pretty nice. Um, so, you know, we talked about um, X416 a little bit because that was a, a standout issue that got a lot of nods for our Wolverine Award nominations. Um, where X Force had discovered this, this creature in the sea. Well, this issue is about Wolverine saying, you know what, it's time to go take care of that because there's been some bodies washing up on the Krakoa beach. And Wolverine's like, it must be that creature that we saw. So we find him starting. He's in the jungle. He's hunting a creature. And that's going to be bait. And he takes uh, Blackmore's boat that he won, remember? And he goes out to sea. And really, there's a lot of really good dialogue. I'm not going to read you this issue. I'm kind of tempted to because the narration is just really, really good. It's kind of Wolverine, what motivates him, why he's doing this. Um... When he goes out, he drops the dead beast under the water on a really strong cable and just kind of waits and nothing really happens. Um, so, yeah. And he says, you know what? I'm going to do something else. So we get a nice snick and he cuts the palm of his hand and drips into the water and a shark comes up and the shark has chunks missing out of it. And then finally, the carcass he had dropped starts, the, the cable starts to whir, it starts to unspool, and he tries to stop it, but it starts to pull the boat. And then, of course, eventually, this and a nice giant two-page spread, this giant leviathan whale monster with tentacles in its mouth, breaks the surface, and it's like 20 times the size of Wolverine's pirate boat, and when you see the water and the sun and the sky, and it, it all looks amazing. Um, Wolverine shoots a giant harpoon and barely catches the fin. And then we see like a panic look on Wolverine's face. We scan upward and we see the boat and we see this giant shadow about to swallow the boat. And it does. The tentacles come up. Wolverine's hacking at him as they try to take the boat over. Looks amazing. Everything in this looks amazing. The color work, especially with, with Javi Fernandez and um, Matthew Wilson together are, I, I can eat up this series. Like a whole series of this would be great. Uh, so Wolverine, this, the ship is destroyed. Wolverine gets on a, a plank. He won't let Jack on. There's only room for him. <laughs> um, and night comes, so he had saved his diving suit. So he puts that on. 
um, and he goes down to find the creature and he sees it and he talks about how you know this the adrenaline is what he lives for and the thing bites him and it bites his arm off and he's like uh oh he's losing pressure he's starting to run out of like ways to figure out what to do and so he goes to Jonah and he gets swallowed and he has a grenade so he blows up the grenade and instead of cutting his way out of the stomach or out of the mouth or whatever you see his hand and claw start to extend through the whale creature's black eye and he pops out of the eye with a skelch and it's gross and it's awesome um, and he washes up on shore and says um, how he basically saved the island and no one will ever know no one will know what was causing the death it'll be a mystery but they'll stop and it's because of him and it's kind of it's Wolverine to a T you know he goes out he takes it upon himself to go finish this creature that they had seen and he, here, you know if you remember from the X-Force issue like the thing gave him chills like it literally it surprisingly and sincerely scared him and he wasn't comfortable with kind of how scared he was of it um, and maybe that's why it took him a little bit to get back down there also lots of distractions he's been on a lot of missions and stuff um, but he goes down there he, he doesn't take X-Force though he goes down by himself he has a plan and kind of the illusion of the old man in the sea which is funny but also kind of telling um, and he fights this creature and he goes down and he wins and he comes back and it's not for the glory it's not for anything um, and so uh, yeah you know there you go uh, this issue is awesome <laughs> the art is awesome the colors are awesome the writing is awesome I love this it's one of the better like one and done issues of Wolverine in a long time like, the, the, the two three story arcs have been fun so I don't want to take away from that but Percy just really gets Wolverine if there's any compliment I can say to him as his characterization and as his writing that he just understands Wolverine um, and it's great I'm going to give Wolverine number 19 6 out of 6 claws and I'm going to move a little bit faster like I intended to I'm coming and going a little bit slow <laughs> slower than I wanted to because I am running out of voice and I'd like to get through some of this stuff so the next thing we're going to talk about is Trial of Magneto number 5 which is a conclusion I'm going to spare the Excaliburus this issue uh, so this is all cards on the table or to catch a toad Written by Lee Williams, art by Lucas Vernick, colors by Edgar Delgado, letters by VCs Clayton Cowles, designed by Tom Mueller, and the cover by Valerio Skitty and Ray Moreto, which is a good cover. I actually got the uh, variant by Dan Jurgens, which is really nice. He's Magneto in his white suit, and he's just doing metal stuff, and it's fun. So remember, we uh, we have the different timelines of the Scarlet Witch, and she says, I know who killed me, and it's Toad. And we find out as Toad gets thrown into the pit, and he's really more of a lackey. Um, and basically we find out that Magneto and Scarlet Witch planned this together. They made Toad the Patsy. Because Scarlet Witch needed to get into the resurrection protocols, because what she does is she uses her magic to like 
further heal Krakoa in a way. I don't really know exactly. Um, and then also uh, Thunderbird is resurrected. So she basically has a way... Oh, yeah, so she, she uses magic to take, like, all the Cerebro backups and stuff and and find, like, different copies of people or stuff they thought they couldn't get. Um, and they're now able to resurrect. So basically she fixes resurrection. And it's kind of magically. <laughs> and now she's kind of, quote-unquote, redeemed and a hero. And even Exodus, he was so hard on her is now singing her praises. Um, so there's these opt-in Elysian field exclusive to mutants uh, in the resurrection queue if you want as an alternative to the Crucible. So we get rid of the Crucible. Um, you go into the room and there's a pocket dimension with all these backups of all the mutants from whenever they want to be. Um, it's an interesting idea. It's probably the most interesting interesting idea of the series. I don't know if it gets Scarlet Witch completely off the hook. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, the art's fine. The story's fine. I didn't really enjoy this series very much overall, as you probably are aware. But I thought this was a better issue. It was not entirely clear <laughs> all the time exactly what's going on. Um, it's kind of magic plot about magic. Um, but yeah, I mean, Resurrection is, is more effective. And so that's pretty cool. Um, and Magneto and Scarlet Witch are, their relationship seems to be healed as father and daughter figures. What this did not do, what the series did not do, which I thought it might, is it does not undo the retcon, at least not explicitly. Um, as far as we know, and does not explicitly say that Scarlet Witch is again Magneto's daughter or mutant. But they do have a good relationship and a familial relationship. And so, yeah. So the mutant backups are in the astral plane, and more people can be resurrected, and it's easier. So, and now everyone loves her. <laughs> I'm going to give Trial Magneto number five. I give it three out of six claws. It was, it was the most interesting issue of the series. It had, while it didn't entirely make sense to me on all of it, it at least seemed to have the most focus. So I guess a few points for that. And the art was not bad. So yeah, it's kind of, it's, it's good. It's fine. Um, all right. So the next thing we're going to talk about is the end of Excalibur for now at least, and that is Excalibur number 26, I think. Where'd you go, buddy? Yes, Excalibur number 26. Uh, now, of course, we know Excalibur is going to turn into Knights of 10, or Knights of X. Um, don't know if it'll be the same creative team or not, but anyway, um, this is the Lunatic Citadel or The Fantasy is Over by Tini Howard as writer, Marcus Toe as artist, Eric Arseniega as color artist, uh, VCs Ariana Mayer as letterer, and Tom Mueller as designer, and then Mahmoud Azrar and Matthew Wilson on the cover. And on this cover, we have Saturnine and Captain Britain 
about to make the ultimate sacrifice, and we see uh, Betsy leaning on her sword into a team picture of Excalibur, which of course includes Gambit and Jubilee. Alright, so this is their war with Merlin. Uh, Merlin has taken over the Citadel, Saturnine, and Captain Britain fled. They come back to their friends, Excalibur, and they decide it's time to have the big climactic battle. And so they do. And they all fight. And there's a sweet moment between Rachel and Betsy, uh, almost a romantic moment. You know, interesting, definitely be tracking that. Um, we get a nice romantic moment between, a much more explicitly romantic moment in, with a defined relationship between Shatterstar and Richter. Uh, and then we get more fighting. And Captain Britain fights King Arthur. Um, Merwin's trying to do a spell to end the gates, all the Krakoan gates. And so they're able to kind of close the gates, but Betsy stays behind to help continue to fight for Otherworld as she kicks Excalibur home. So she kind of plans this retreat before the gate is destroyed. She gets everyone out and then at the last second jumps back in to continue the battle and protect Otherworld. Um, sorry, it's been it's actually been a couple weeks since I've read this. because <laughs> uh, I, Like I said, I intended to do this earlier. Um, the art's great. I love Marcus Toe. Um, the story's pretty good. Yeah, I feel like Cheney Howard ended this series stronger um, with more focus and delivering on some of the promise. Um, I liked it. I would give it... Gosh. I'm going to give it four out of six claws. So, pretty good. Pretty good. Nice conclusion. Uh, Gambit just kind of fights for So for your Gambit's gumbo, he just kind of runs around and does Gambit stuff. Alright. So the next thing we're going to talk about is a cameo, barely, in Death of Doctor Strange number four. Uh, this will be very, very brief. Um... The Death of Doctor Strange number four is written by Jed McKay, art by Lee Garbet or Garvey, not sure. Uh, colors by Antonio Sabella, letters by VCs Corey Bennett, woohoo, and the cover by Carrie Andrews. Um, and the cover is pretty cool. It's almost like a a bold, almost electric kind of paint, and it's. Doctor Strange meditating in front of the Aya Agamotto, and it's, it's fine. Um, so this series has been really good. Uh, by the way, Jen McKay, one of my favorite non-X writers right now, um, doing really good stuff. His Black Cat series was just really sweet and fun, and his Moon Knight has been probably one of the most accessible Moon Knight series for you to get into in recent history. Um, and then... Uh, this death of Doctor Strange has been great. Uh, so basically, uh, Doctor Strange has been murdered, and he luckily he had a plan for that. And so a younger Doctor Strange, like a time copy, has been pulled out of the past and come to help solve the mystery. And meanwhile, we have these these creatures, the three mothers, and their infant terrible son, um, hunting down worlds and magic. And so we have all these magical sorcerers in different dimensions have come to seek refuge on Earth. 
while Dr. Strange is investigating his own murder. And all of the clues are pointing back to Baron Mordo. So Dr. Strange goes to confront him, and Mordo has the cape and the eye of Agamotto, and he's like, you know what? I wish I had killed you, but I just found this. Someone brought this here to frame me, and if I killed you, I would be bragging about it. I would not deny it, because I've been trying to kill you my whole life. <laughs> and Dr. Strange is like, that checks out. And so, we have some funny little moments throughout the series where the young Doctor Strange, like he hasn't met Clea yet. Um, his relationship with some of the other heroes is a lot different. Um, so he's kind of learning how to like interact with his future self's relationships. Um, and we get a, a, a good uh, bats the dog and they go for a walk. Um, it's a nice, sweet scene. Um, but anyway, basically he decides that Clea's uh, mother, uh, Umar, he goes to the the Antarctic base where she, they're hiding with the, some of the remaining kind of warlords, and we find out that it's Baron Warner's assistant. Um, so we have a full-page splash of uh, Doctor Strange talking about, like, basically kind of cracking the case. Um, almost like a Sherlock, you know, Benedict Cumberbatch uh, was Doctor Strange in the MCU, is Doctor Strange in the MCU, and was also Sherlock Holmes in the Sherlock series. And this Doctor Strange kind of plays Benedict Cumberbatch as both characters. He's kind of walking around explaining basically the case. And he talks about how uh, all these sorcerers and rulers came to Earth because they knew it is protected by all the different hero teams, which of course includes the X-Men, which includes right now, uh, Wolverine as Laura. I, I love that they're both Wolverine. It's really hard to know who I'm referencing for you guys as the listeners, unless you're looking at the art. So, I hate that I have to always specify Laura, but, um, because she is Wolverine. No doubt. Don't argue with me. But um, anyway. Um, but yeah, it turns out Baron Mordo's assistant murdered Strange and took his hands. And I don't know if he's in cahoots with um, the three mothers and the infant terrible. It looks like he probably is. And so cause it, it turns out they are approaching the Antarctic base right now. So the art uh, is awesome. The story's been pretty fun. This one had a little more talky-talky, kind of, you know... Like I said, there's a lot of exposition and explaining in this one, so maybe not the best issue of the series as the penultimate chapter, but I've even enjoyed the tie-ins on this series. Um, I'm going to give this one 5 out of 6 claws. I would, I would say the series overall is pretty close to a 6 for me right now. I'm really having fun with it. But this, this particular issue, number four, will give five out of six claws. All right, so next up, we have a couple of kind of Wolverine appearances. So the first one we're going to talk about is in Devil's Reign number two. So this is kind of the culmination of Chip Zdarsky's Daredevil run, which has seen Elektra take on the helm of, of Daredevil while Matt was in prison. And remember that Wilson Fisk, the Kingpin, is the mayor of New York City. And he recently has discovered that the files he had on Daredevil, including possible secret identities, is blank. And so remember my brand new day, Spider-Man worked with Doctor Strange to erase everyone's memory of his identity. Well, in Daredevil, 
to put the genie back in the bottle. The purple man's kids helped erase everyone's mind so that when they think about Daredevil or his secret identity, it's like a blank space. It's a fuzzy memory and no one can make it out. Including like written documents. It just looks weird. There's a blank. So Kingpin is mad. He knows he's been fooled. And he captures a purple man, and he's kind of coming unhinged, and he's declared all superheroing illegal in New York City. Um, and that's kind of where we are. So this is written by Chip Zdarsky, art by Marco Caquetto, colors by Marcio Minez, letters by Clayton Cowles, uh, cover by Chichetto and Matthew Wilson. And this one has Taskmaster about to run Spider-Man through the sword. Um... So on this one, we have some of the Avengers on the lamp. We have uh, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, and Tony Stark with their uh, Luke's daughter, Danny, and they're driving around trying to figure out where they're going to go, and they're calling Danny Rand Iron Fist, and he's like, no, no, I'm not the Iron Fist anymore. I'm good. But the Thunderbolts, which is the new anti-hero police unit, this unit is led by Crossbones. They bust in. So even though Danny Rand is not the Iron Fist anymore, now you, you can look towards Larry Hammond's recent Iron Fist series for that. And we know we have a new Iron Fist coming. Uh, he's still able to kick butt. He fights his way out. Electra pays a visit to Kingpin. And Kingpin, we see that, you know, it's interesting. He has the Purple Man's finger inside the gym, like the diamond of his cane. It's kind of gross. Um, anyway, uh, Kingpin taunts Electra with some information that maybe she has betrayed and is not not that she is stuck to Daredevil's code no killing while she has the cow on and but he has he alludes to some sort of betrayal and tells Electra to go meet where she first met Matt to figure it out um our heroes meet up with Matt Murdock and Miles and Steve Rogers and they're in the park and Spider-Man, as Ben Riley, is comes to the Beagle, and Taskmaster is there to take him down. We see the Fantastic Fantastic Four have already been uh, imprisoned, so Reed and Sue are imprisoned. They get in a prison fight because, of course, all the criminals want to kill him. Um, and we see that that Kingpin is giving Doctor Octopus kind of free reign in his super lab. Um, so that's interesting, and kind of the payoff for that is Doc Ock is going to help him do something. Oh, he's helping him kind of control the Purple Man and spread his influence. So the Kingpin is not only going to use the Purple Man to try to like take care of the heroes, but also to help swing the vote. <laughs> Make sure people vote the way he wants to in the re-election campaign. So then we get an awesome page of Craven the Hunter uh, by Chichetto. And that's who is meeting Elektra. And I think we'll we'll see that's going to be a spinoff series of Daredevil, the woman without fear, will be that fight, I think. Um, our heroes go to the Avengers basement. And they argue about, so their plan was, we can't really fight the Kingpin, because people will see that and, and not trust heroes and will play into his hand. But what if we run against him? And the idea was that Tony Stark would run, but... And a really interesting kind of twist. And they're like, what? How are we going to beat another old-fashioned rich white guy with an old-fashioned rich white guy? And they're kind of like, that's 
like y'all, yeah, sure, a good guy, and he's a villain, but y'all are too much, y'all just similar. And so they decide that ultimately it needs to be Luke Cage is going to run for mayor against the Kingpin, which is a pretty exciting um, possibility. I don't know if the end of the story they'll actually like be elected mayor as a way to defeat Kingpin, or if they'll you know find a way he'll crack and they'll have to fight him and just be classic superheroes. I'm not sure, but the idea of Luke Cage actually being mayor when this is done is really interesting. Um, the Taskmaster loses to Spider-Man, and then at the end, Dr. Octopus, as part of playing with the lab, he pulls in, you know, he for a while was superior Spider-Man, now he's going to be the superior Fantastic Four, because uh, he is in an old lab of Reed Richards, by the way, sorry, uh, that's a key point. <laughs> um, and he pulls in through these portals from the multiverse, Remember the 90s Fantastic Four team, which we covered with Al Sedano from Resurrections and Adam Warlock and Thanos podcast, which you should go listen to, and it's still really good. Um, so the 90s Fantastic Four was Spider-Man, Hulk, Wolverine, and Ghost Rider. So now we have Dr. Octopus, and he has pulled in alternate views of... Incredible Hulk, Wolverine, and Ghost Rider. Now, the Hulk is definitely an alternate because he has, like, eight arms. The Wolverine and Ghost Rider could just be normal. But we know they're alternate. And I actually, I think the Wolverine's wearing robotic spider arms. So it's like they're all spidery. So it's like a spider Hulk... Uh, a Wolverine with adamantium spider leg claws, and then the Ghost Rider has spider chains. So yeah, I guess they're all spider themed. Um, and they're going to be the superior four. So that that part I don't really care as much about. But the story's pretty good. There's some intriguing elements. The art's really great. Um, yeah, I'll give Devil's Due number two, five out of six claws. So the last one we're going to talk about is going to be Avengers 51. Remember we had this dark doppelganger of Wolverine that was in that story. Um, so let me find that real fast. It'll be the last thing we do tonight. Um, so this is The Death Hunters Part 1. Written by Jason Aaron. Um, art by Juan Fregari. Colors by David Curiel. Letters by VCs Corey Pettit, woohoo, and the cover is by Javier Garon and David Curio. And on the cover we have a crowd of deathlocks surrounding our Avengers. Um, I'm a Garon fan. This cover is fine. Not, it's a little busy, and there's a lot going on, and the colors are almost... I'm also a big David Curio fan. I don't really love the art or the colors on this cover, but I love both the artist and the colorist. So, sometimes that just happens. Alright, so we're in this evil Doctor Doom in the multiverse, and he's going around destroying worlds with his brotherhood of evil alternate dimension people. Um, so, you know, in Asgard, we have Thor having boxing practice with some destroyer armor. Tony's talking to him how Echo, who's now the Phoenix, wants to talk to him about the fact that they just found out that maybe, most likely, that 
Thor's real mom is a phoenix. And Thor's like, I don't want to talk to her about that. It makes me mad. And so he doesn't want to talk to her. So anyway, we know the Deathlocks are showing up to warn our Avengers from Avenger Prime that Doctor Doom and his evil team is raging through the multiverse, remaking Earth in their image. But before this Deathlock can tell all, we see three adamantium claws sticking through his chest on the back. And we see our Berserker, who's our Wolverine alternative. And I did not notice from the previous issue. So, his design is like black skin tight pants and a black tank top. And then he's got like a dog collar around his neck with spikes and a big chain that leads to this Dark Phoenix character. Now, one of the things that he has, in addition to his claws, is on his arms and shoulders, metal spikes very reminiscent of the Days of Future Past hound spikes, like the ones Rachel has. I did not notice last time, he also has these spikes over his eyes, like instead of eyes. He's like blind and has these spikes for eyes. So Thor and Iron Man are going to fight. Um, now remember we have this Dark Phoenix, this Berserker Wolverine, and we have Eric Killmonger in Asgardian Destroyer armor. Um, so they, they fight our characters. Um, Echo does show up to help uh, Berserker fights Iron Man. It's, it's weird that Iron Man's like, Wolverine, is that you? <laughs> and eventually like, oh yeah, alternate reality. Um, so Phoenix fights Phoenix. Um, there's a lot of fighting fight. Some of it to a standstill. Um, but at the end, we have an evil Thor come in, and that turns the tables to the bad guy's favor. Uh, there's a part, a cool part, where Echo pops Phoenix claws and stabs our Berserker Wolverine in the head to calm him down and to try to turn him. But we find out that the the Dark Phoenix has eaten his soul, so there's not, nothing to turn him back into. Fight to be continued. Um. The art on this is pretty good. Uh, Fregrary and Curiel make a good team. It's all nice and crisp and clean with really nice colors. I don't really care about the story. Um, I kind of had mentioned in the in the double or giant-sized uh, issue 750, Avengers 50, that it felt like maybe Aaron was taking some of his disparate storylines and bringing them together. And it's fine. I just don't really, I don't know, really didn't do much for me. I'll give it three out of six claws just because the art is so nice. But I don't know. I could also go two, to be honest. Um, I don't really care about the story at all. Yeah, I think I will. Yeah, sorry, Juan and David, your your visuals are great, but I'm just not digging the issue overall. So two out of six claws for me on this Avenger story. Alright, well that's going to do it. My voice is completely shot. I hope it doesn't sound too bad. Um, I'm not sure what will be next. i got to get all the way better before I do too much of anything else. So, uh, dropped a lot of, of plugs. Uh, you know, Excaliburs, um, Truth, Justice, and Hope, Superman in Crisis, Resurrections and Adam Warlock and Thanos podcast. Um, you know, some of my other other fellow X Men podcasts like X Reads and Homo Superior 
and House of X. I've had some really good episodes of it recently. Go listen to those. And there's some more that are on my list to listen to, and I'm getting to them, I promise. It's just, man, my podcast queue is way backed up, and I apologize for that. But, um, yeah, uh, definitely in, enjoying all of those shows and more. So you should go as well if you have you know, time. <laughs> So, anyway, I hope everyone has a good, happy start to their new year. I know I missed doing this for New Year's, so I was going to wish you a happy new year. Instead, I would just say I hope you're having one. hope you're staying well and safe out there. Again, please just stay on top of your stuff. Get your vaccines. So that if you do get this thing, it's hopefully not as bad. Again, no, it's not a guarantee, but it definitely improves the odds. So I just, I plead with you to take care of yourselves. Um... So as always, for the podcast at Snick, you can like the Facebook page. Twitter is at SnickCast. Show notes and stuff are at SnickCast.Podbean.com. And that's going to do it. So the, the award show will probably not be next time. Uh, it'll probably be in a few episodes in a few weeks. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to that. And, you know, if you have any feedback or votes, definitely let me know, either via Twitter or Facebook. And, you know, not to say it would completely swing, you know, it's not completely democratic, but your vote does count and does influence me. So if you have a vote, let it be heard, and, you know, we'll get those Wolfie Awards figured out for 2021. All right, guys, until next time, hugs and snicks. Bye-bye, and snacked. <laughs>